This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. Uh, Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, Plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. In 2018, U.S. lobsters sold for $10 to $12 a pound, a price range that reflects lobster being a luxury in our minds and culture. It's on the menu at fine dining restaurants and pricey steakhouses, and in the best New England summer shacks and sandwich shops, a lobster roll can sell for as much as $70. But lobster hasn't always been expensive, and current political and trade policies are not only changing its prices, they're hurting the U.S. lobster business— Long-term, it may impact how we even think about the lobster itself. Back in the 17th century, when America was still a bunch of colonies, colonists wrote about lobsters in the New England area weighing 16 to 25 pounds, that's 7 to just over 11 kilograms. Some of the largest weighed twice that and grew 4 to 6 feet, that's 1 to 2 meters long. And there were so many lobsters that there are claims that the shellfish would wash up knee-deep on Massachusetts shores. Lobster was so abundant, it wasn't worth anything, really— Colonists considered lobster cheap eats. It's what you'd eat when there was nothing else and you didn't want to starve. It was foisted off on indentured servants, enslaved people, and prisoners, even pigs. 
everyone was embarrassed about eating it. Oysters, by the way, fell into the same category. Colonists did, however, see lobster as a resource. It was plentiful, cheap, and they could make money from it by shipping it back to Europe. The Dutch had come up with a way to transport lobster across the Atlantic and keep it fresh. Organized lobster fisheries opened in Maine in the mid-1800s, and lobster canning businesses started and flourished. Near the turn of the century, Maine lobstermen were landing more than 11,000 tons of the critters. And lobster wasn't just crossing the ocean, but also the nation, thanks to the railroad industry, onboard dining, and inland restaurants, where lobster was served to new audiences as a side dish or salad ingredient. The experience of dining on a rail car or enjoying seafood far from a coast helped turn lobster into a luxury dish. Overfishing at the beginning of the 20th century drove prices up, as did conservation laws in the mid-20th century. Long-term, the supply of lobster has been going up. Those conservation laws worked, and Maine has had a lobster boom that took landings from 18 million pounds, that's 8 million kilograms in 1950, to nearly 131 million pounds, or 60 million kilograms, in 2016. Maine's lobster industry, the largest in the United States, contributes $1.4 billion to the state's economy every year. And that's a good thing, too, because in recent years, lobster industry representatives from Maine have built international demand for their products, and China has been poised to purchase significant amounts of lobster. In the first two quarters of 2017, China imported $39.5 million worth of live lobster, the best year to date. And between January and June of 2018, the U.S. sold $87 million in live lobster to China. But the dollar signs that people in Maine's lobster industry were seeing vanished after the Trump administration imposed tariffs that caused China to retaliate with tariffs of its own, including a 25% tariff on U.S. lobster. The impact of the tariffs is dramatic. In June of 2018, live lobster exports to China topped $11.8 million. In July, the first month under the new tariffs, exports to China dropped to $4.2 million, lower than the amount shipped in July the year before. The Chinese and Canadians have even created a workaround. As Canada's supply goes through its seasonal drop, they're buying U.S. lobster and selling it to China. We spoke with John Sackton, editor and publisher of Seafood News, via email. He said, The U.S. lobster industry is at an extreme disadvantage with international trade right now as we face tariffs in Europe and China while the Canadians don't. This means the U.S. must look for niche markets like Singapore or Korea. With the U.S. supply higher than it's ever been, and China's demand suddenly dropping to below 2017's levels, you might think lobster may become painfully abundant and cheap. But the U.S. economy is strong, and lobster industry experts say there's not only opportunity, but workarounds. Sackton said, What is happening to lobster prices is unclear, because there are many contradictory factors— Maine has lost the ability to ship lobsters to China, but on the other hand, demand for lobster tail is very strong, and these are processed in Canada, so there is continued strong demand from processors for Maine lobster. So will we see a shift in the price and culture of lobster? Sackton reported that the industry was waiting to see how live lobster prices fared over the 2018 holiday season, and that their strategies might change accordingly. But we wonder whether culture is as flexible as the market— would you buy a McLobster? Today's episode was written by Sean Chavis and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other wicked awesome topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. <laughs> 